Hey, what's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to another edition of You're Probably Right, where after listening to my opinion and hearing me ramble on for a while, you probably formed your own opinion or you probably had your own opinion in the beginning. And you know what? You're probably right. But that's okay. I got my opinion and I'm going to share it. So again, welcome to your probably right broadcast podcast. You're welcome to my house anytime. Today is a very special, very special um, podcast because I'm talking about some things that are even more dear to my heart than some of the other topics that I've ever talked about so far. So I hope you tune in. I hope you can um, pass this link on to somebody else that might be interested in this kind of information. First thing I want to talk about simply is groupthink and the mob mentality. It seems like it's a growing narrative, a growing story in today's society Nobody's thinking for themselves. Everybody's just listening to what the group has to say. And as soon as you're ostracized by the greater community or the larger group of wherever situation or organization that you happen to be a part of or just the mainstream. And, you know, I hate to use that term, the mainstream media, but they beat you over the head so much about topics. And then they get angry and ostracize you and put you down when you finally fall for their tricks and their persuasion and the constant barrage of information. It's like, for instance, tonight I was watching um, a newscast just on YouTube. So I catch, I get most of my stuff when it's already beaten dead and it already has three, four million views (laughs) as it turns out these days. But, um, they were saying that they charged this man who was he was walking his wife down the, the sidewalk and <laughs> the reporter was talking and for some reason this old man happened to be on the sidewalk with his wife and he slapped her across the top of the head and a lot of people called in. I don't know why they got the cameraman. I guess cameraman just like the show must go on. So he didn't even bother what was going on. He was just paying attention to his reporter. But everybody called in. And this old man, probably, oh, was he 60-something, 65 or something like that, or, or more, was charged. You could probably look it, up, look it up on the internet. But um, he was charged with assault. Now, are they saying that they separated the two and they never were together again? Or did they charge him with assault and then he went home and started whooping ass anyways? Who knows? <laughs> All right. But, um, you know, it's just the, it's probably going to be a, a a reoccurring theme in what I have to say today, but I'm tired of people not thinking for themselves. And this could be within the church, outside of the church, this could be anywhere. You got to think for yourself and know if you're in the right place. I think you need to try every spirit of everything that you're in and contact and, and connected with and make sure that you're headed down the right road because at the end of the day, you can't hold anybody responsible for your decisions, especially as you're, as you're an adult. Now, I understand children 
who they say their brains are not fully formed until at least 21. I think it's for, for males and maybe 16 for women. I don't know. But the bottom line is you're going to be responsible for your choices. I can think about choices that I made back in the day. Like, for instance, when I really, really think about it, I, I told some friends a story that I might not even have been here right now um, due to a situation that happened. Now, back in the good old days, in the 80s, when they used to have metal shop up here in Toronto, Canada, um, we used to do woodworking, um, we used to do a little bit of electrician, le- le- electrical stuff, we used to do a little bit of um, drafting, um, and home ec, we did, we did sewing, we did cooking, and I think that's the reason why my age group, and when I say my age group, I'd say from people who were born up into maybe 1985, maybe, had all these opportunities to do these different things to see if you're good at any trades, and which is really lacking these days. You got a lot of smart kids now, but a lot of them don't have those physical, manual labor skills that we do and we had when we were younger because we got the opportunity to try them out. Now, unless your your parents are like that, chances are you've never um, welded metal together. You've never made a bookcase. You've never shown a pair of shorts. You've never, in the grade, grade seven, made a uh, lasagna. You've never take, taken typing. Like, things are so different now. Kids can type now. They were able to catch on that by themselves. But sometimes I watch my kids or I watch other kids type and I realize that there's no rhyme or no reason. I, I'm sure there is some kind of a technical skill within their head that is helping them across the keyboard. They're just remembering where the keys are. But it's so different. For us, it was so automatic after we learned home row and so on and so forth. But things are so different now. But what I was saying was, when I was um, in grade 10, metal shop, now we used to deal with sheet metal. And for some reason, at my school anyway, my school, Victoria Park Secondary School in North York, almost Scarborough, (laughs) but not quite, um, we used to do metal shop and we used to deal with sheet metal. And for some reason, everybody was into these ninja stars. Now, the ninja stars that they were making at that time, obviously, if you were really skillful, you could actually make like a, a five-star ninja star, but I never really saw any of those. But what I did see were the squares. Now, what guys would do is cut a pretty much perfect square, maybe not perfect, um, you know, if you were to, you know, check the angles and everything perfectly, but once it was pretty much a square, what you could do was put it between your two fingers and you could just send it out there and it would stick like it was an actual ninja star that thing would spin because it was nice um sheet metal um, steel or whatever it was made out of and anyways one day i decided you know look i'm gonna make one of these things i'm seeing them all stuck in the roof (laughs) the ceiling at the school and let me try out so what i did was when the teacher stepped out. I guess he went down the, the hallway to another classroom. I decided to make one of these joints. And I made a nice one. I'm like, yeah, look at this, yo. yo I'm showing my friends, I'm like, yo, check this out, man. And I took the thing. After it was cut, nice and perfect, probably, you know, yay big, maybe. If you're if you're, if you're listening on um, one of the audio, um, only audio, then you're not going to see what I'm saying. But envision it. It was about... 
two inches by two inches by two inches, or maybe no, maybe three. Anyhow, it was it was three three inches squared. And I whipped that thing so hard and it went across the classroom. It must have whizzed past at least three or four different kids. It was ridiculous, obviously, in hindsight. And the teacher was coming in as this thing was whipping through the air. Right, like, you know, remember the big metal shops? The, they were huge rooms. So if this thing whew, whipped through the air and it goes zoom, right into one of the wooden tables that we were using to do most of our work on. And little did that teacher know that thing whipped right past his head. Now, knowing what you know, (laughs) and knowing what I know, if that little square ninja star hit that man or any of those students, (laughs) now, maybe if it hit a kid in the arm or something, I've been like, you know, you know, sent to the police, I mean, the principal's office and maybe suspended for a few days because I never did anything else like that. So, and I didn't have any, I didn't have any issues with any of my classmates. So chances are I would have gotten in trouble, but it wouldn't have been the end of the day. But anyhow, that thing had hit that teacher. I would have been done and my life would have been over and I wouldn't be here talking to you. And I just think about all the different um, choices that we've made over the years by ourselves and some not by ourselves, but that definitely was me just following the crowd. And I just think about all the people who follow the crowd in these days. Now, I'm going to talk about something else. And, you know, it's it's like everybody's beaten, beaten like a dead horse, but it's covid as far as I'm concerned, COVID is, for some, for a very small minority of the population, really bad. But so is the flu. So, I'm sure you know better than I do, but it just seems like it's like the flu on steroids. And it hurts some and kills some but the majority of us are safe. And I think what had happened lately is Dr. Fauci in the United States, they finally, somehow they got in his email. I didn't even want to go through the whole, I hate being dragged along that CNN train of information where they repeat stuff over and over. Kind of like they showed me that that old man slapping his wife, he, he slapped her one time. Now, obviously once is too many times, but they made sure that they showed me him slapping her at least six or seven times to make it almost like in your mind that this woman got beat up. <laughs> they don't tell you the whole story. They just know that he slapped her in the head and therefore that was it. But with this situation with Fauci, I just heard that they read some of his emails and apparently he didn't believe in masks. There's a lot of stuff he didn't believe in. And apparently it turns out that he was giving into the, the lab that apparently, um, let this COVID-19 virus escape from there. And he was responsible for financially um, funding them. And the whole thing is just crazy. They can call it like the worst thing that's ever been known to man as far as diseases are concerned if they want to. I've been marginally keeping myself 
you know, hand sanitized and hand washing and I've wear my mask everywhere they've told me that I needed to wear my mask. But if I had a choice, I wouldn't be wearing a mask anywhere. This um, COVID has honestly destroyed so many people's lives, which is what I'm going to get into. As far as I'm concerned, this COVID has killed so many people who were ailing from all kinds of stuff. I'm going to get a little personal right now. Even more than that story I was telling you because, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't work out that I got in trouble. I didn't assault anybody. I didn't hurt anybody. There was no manslaughter with my stupid idea as a 16 or 17 year old student at Victoria Park Secondary School in Toronto but you see sometimes I understand people who say that they don't believe in God they don't believe in anything other than what they see before their eyes. Now, I'm not one of those people. I fully believe in Jesus. I fully believe that he is the son of God. I fully believe that when he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So I believe he is God. That's my conviction. And I believe that the word of God is true. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. I believe he's sovereign over all of our lives. I believe he chooses and picks and chooses who will enter the kingdom of heaven and who is a part of the family of God. That's what my conviction is. But this isn't what that is exactly about. What I'm saying is, I understand a non-believing, unsaved person who feels that when they die they just die and you don't go to hell you don't go to heaven you don't go anywhere I can understand seeing what I've seen now if I give you this story promise you won't tell anybody okay check it out now remember all this information I'm giving you is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not guaranteeing that any of this is true. But here's the story. My brother, Max, who was born in 1963, passed away in year 2007 at a hospital at Grace Hospital in Scarborough now I have told this story before but that was two years after my father who passed away in 2005 now those two gentlemen 
left behind my mother, my older sister, and my younger sister, who was actually older than me as well, but I just call her my younger sister because she's only older by two years and she's so much smaller than everybody else as far as, um, not stature really, but just in body frame and whatever it is and she's so close to my size and she's shorter I just you know call her my little sister whatever but um also my brother also left behind his two sons so there's my mother my two sisters me my two nephews and me also at that time who had two children now my sister Marjorie, who was taking care of my father when he fell ill with Parkinson's and working around the house more than everybody else, concerned about my parents more than everybody else, never got into a relationship because she was concerned about God, my family, my parents. And living a righteous life. Anyhow, as my mom continued to work taking care of church business and taking care of home business, working a full-time job at a nursing home, taking care of seniors. Sorry. My sister was concerned about my mom and concerned about helping everybody in the house and She worked very hard doing that. Hold on. Sorry about that. Let's continue. (laughs) Somebody's knocking the door. The most frustrating thing is trying to tell a story and you think you hear the door knocking. But anyhow, she was working really hard. She never thought about herself. She thought about being a good daughter. She thought about being a good Christian, a good child of God. She thought of working around the house tirelessly as she took care of my father, and I'm going back a couple years, but in 2003, she was hit by a car while taking care of my dad. Not at the same time, obviously. She went across the street to get something for him, and she got hit by a car. Totally traumatized her life. Um, She had back issues after that she had issues with her leg and just post-traumatic stress disorder which in hindsight sometimes you know it's like Marjorie shake it off I knew nothing about um, post-traumatic stress disorder Um, she was able to walk but things were broken things were um, you know in disarray in her body but with no experience you know I you know of course I met her at the hospital and the ambulance brought her there and I brought her home and brought her to some of her appointments and yada 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 she went to court and she I don't know she filed with a lawyer to you know whatever it is and they thought she was out for the money grab and you know she told me that the, the bad treatment that she received in that hospital thinking that she was just trying to be a money grubbler and she walked away from that situation with a few dollars she fought the the lawyers took their share it was a few thousand she ended up with that probably just paid off some bills and whatever it is. But she was so humble and so pure in that situation, so scared and so hurt. 
and being parent, being a child of immigrants who know nothing about the legal system in this country, she didn't stand a chance. Neither did I and neither did she when we were in public school being bullied at Brookbanks, Brook, Brookbanks Public School and at her other schools as well for different reasons. But I feel so bad for her now because she's been the caregiver for my sister who's dealing with all kinds of ailments and barely able to walk. This is our older sister and my mother who ever since she, again in the hospitals, ever since she she got two partial knees done at the same time in 2018, has now magically lost most of her ability to communicate verbally. Totally confused now and she's now living with aphasia. I swear that she had a stroke when they did her knee operations, but they say no, this was something that was already going on. But they did what they did anyways, and months after she could barely communicate. Now it's a total mystery what she's saying most of the time. So there you have it. At my, my parents' home, my sister is taking care of my two nephews from my past brother who fell down of a heart attack at Grace Hospital in 2007, April 15th, and taking care of those two young men, now they're young men, but totally had a rough life of their own. And she was taking care of my sister with all the ailments. Now she's also taking care of my mother, who, when she finally retired, was taking care of other people's parents and taking care of other people and still working within the church. My sister, of all people, heard like everybody else, and this is where this, this group think this um, mob mentality, if it was something in anger, but it's not, but she was scared to go to the hospital. She was having an ailment on her chest, and because the people on the news, and let's, let me just be straight, the people at CNN, the people in here in Toronto and on CP24, giving you just inundate just you're just being bombarded with all this COVID information but how bad this COVID is how bad um you know if you're not covered up if you're in the society if you're if you're out there and you're not masked up you can they didn't know if you could get it if you weren't wearing gloves at the grocery store at McDonald's there's a viral video that went for like what three four million people are views of some guy showing you how you how you bring home takeout and you open it up in a in a in a bag in the bag and you drop it on the plate and then you pull this off and then you throw it in the microwave and then you eat it and all kinds of nonsense and people who are showing you correctly how to put on this this mask and if you don't put the mask on properly then chances are you're gonna get COVID and it was like literally early two thousands or two thousand twenty we literally thought we were running from the mortifying cooties. To be, to be frank with you, it didn't even feel like we were running from any kind of a flu or any kind of a SARS epidemic, SARS-2. 
we literally felt like it was the cooties. We didn't know if you're getting it off um, gymnasium sets and um, monkey bars outside in the park. Um, we didn't know if we were breathing it in. We didn't know how the heck everybody was getting it. But apparently everybody was getting it, even though for, I can honestly tell you, for a whole year straight. Now, living in Toronto, G the GTA, all of my 40 some odd years, I didn't know one single person who had COVID for that whole first year. And then, even up till now, the only people I've known is people who were seriously old, like people over the age of 80. Those are the people that I know that caught it and actually passed. And then there's some people who think they caught it just prior to March 2020. And, you know, it goes on. But the bottom line is she was so scared that she didn't get checked out because she wasn't going to a doctor. The whole family basically turned into hermits and hunkered down and they're inside like everybody else ordering Uber Eats and and whatever other thing that you could order into your house and groceries to the house and whatever it is. And she hid this ailment she had in her chest. And this thing has now spread to her brain, her spine, her lungs. So now she's fighting stage four cancer. After dedicating her whole life to her family and to God, keeping herself pure. Now, nothing against anybody else with relationships, but when I say she kept herself pure, I mean she kept herself pure. And now this is her plight, this is her, this is her fight now. So, yeah, I can understand when someone says, who wasn't a believer in the beginning, who doesn't believe in God. But what I can say to you is that because I believe in God, because I know there is a God, I know that things like this are possible for people who have been quote-unquote good I've always learned that, and you can Google it, it says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Now, I know that many people, even in the Christian realms, so, so supposed Christian realms, believe that your works can determine if you're a good person or a bad person. I don't believe that. I believe that we're justified by faith. The only reason why anybody, in my opinion, and in most Christians, opinion, but not all, opinion why people are going to heaven is because of what Jesus did on the cross, but not because we're good. We're just justified by faith. By claiming the Lord Jesus as our Savior, but not because I give to the poor, I feed the needy, I donate, I don't hoard, I help people, I help the old lady across the street, I do this and I do that, not because you're a Mother Teresa. That's not why anybody is going to heaven. The reason why we do good things is because we are saved, is because we are Christians. Now, 
We're not perfect. I had arguments with my sister about this, that, and the other. Little nitty, pity, picky little things. But nothing major. But I know that she's not perfect. But compared to me, she is. And she's still going through this. Now, I know I'm not probably telling this story properly, and it's because it's a little bit um, difficult for me, but this is somebody who would eat nothing but organic. This is somebody who uses detergent to wash her clothes and wash dishes that I've from products that I've never even heard of. These are so organically, naturally, blah, 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 that they're not on the mainstream at all. It's some stuff set aside without all the chemicals. This is somebody who avoided the microwave. This is somebody who, if we brought takeout chicken and she wanted to eat it because maybe there was nothing else in the house to eat, she would literally take that fried chicken and boil it (laughs) until it turned into a hot mess and she would eat it. This is somebody who would eat fried onions and, not fried onions, boiled onions and cabbage and sprinkle a little black pepper and some other stuff on it and and eat it. This is somebody who is like, I would say, taste (laughs) deprived by choice just to keep the chemicals out of her body. This is somebody who wouldn't carry a cell phone. And this is her situation. It's not the first person I know like that either. I know somebody else in my family, my distant a relative who passed away from cancer who had the same mindset. But nobody else dropped dead of cancer, so it's not like it's something that's been running rampant through my family. But these are the two people who have been avoiding all the stuff that Everybody said, man, I, should be not, I shouldn't be using a cell phone so much. I shouldn't cook my food in the microwave. I shouldn't eat here. I shouldn't eat there. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. There are these two people who have stayed away almost perfectly. And they're the ones stricken with this. Now, my brother passed away in 07. He lived a rough and tumble life. He had some issues early on in life that send him on a on a wild 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 ride he didn't get set off in the right foot because of some incidents of no fault of his own he used to eat good as well (laughs) he was I guess out of those three people that passed away in my family it's the weirdest thing my brother at the age of 32 was almost drafted by the Montreal Expos for pitching just because somebody like a movie put a gun uh, a laser gun um, out when they saw him playing some baseball and found out he was whipping the ball so hard and I guess some people around him were baseball players and when they clocked his pitch he was getting to try out now he didn't end up trying out but that's a whole nother story. But he again used to jog over 10K a day sometimes. For people who live in Toronto, he would, he would jog from McCown and Denison 
to McCowan and Ellesmere and back sometimes twice a day oftentimes twice a day he used to steep his own tea you know the metal ball in the chain and put the proper teas and in there and he was the guy who wasn't even eating meat for the longest time but he was um, supplementing his, his nutrition properly to make sure he got all the good bacteria and all the protein that he needed that he was missing from the meats and stuff and after a while he started eating some fish and this and that but he ended up dying of a heart attack at 44 he died the youngest out of all of us and he was the fittest out of all of us and honestly the most unhealthy out of the four of us are well not exactly thriving but better situation than the two of those that I think of in my family but COVID has damaged my sister now not COVID if you understand what I mean but just the thought process that society has decided to undertake that is determined what we can do and what we can't do so this girl you know mama's girl and daddy's girl home all the time scared out of her wits because they told us that we're supposed to be hid her ailments until they turn into full-blown cancer and I think we're about to find out how many people sadly the governments of the world because I'm not just going to blame it on the government of Ontario because even, even though in Toronto and Ontario we had the longest lockdowns of anywhere apparently that's what they say or at least in North America but we were told to lock down and were scared out of our wits now if I was a person who was believing everything that I would hear on CB24 and CNN maybe I'd be a little bit more frightened as well but I wasn't scared to go in the hospital <laughs> I wasn't scared to go in the grocery store but she was and before before the before COVID she was going to the grocery store every day she would literally go to the Loblaws at or on McCowan in Markham <laughs> almost every day and she'd pick up two or three things and come back and I was like man Marjorie you just need to do a grocery shop for a week or two and chill out and do some other stuff but this was her routine and this was keeping her healthy because she was fit <laughs> as so she thought and then this thing hit then they said you know lock up your family and cover your nose and wash your hands and she already had a washing hand issue she was always washing anyways but after that it was locked down batting the hatches and hatchets and hatchets hatches and and hide because COVID was coming to get you and I think that we're going to find out as the months go on now as the years go by how many people hid from their doctors how many people couldn't see their doctors because we were all left to having online zoom meetings with doctors who would normally check your pulse um, 
you know, do the little tap thing on the whatever and check your chest and your back and tell you to breathe and check your tonsils and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, then we're sitting on a computer talking to a doctor. What can he tell you over the system? You might as well just do a Google search and see what's wrong with you, if that's what we're left to. But we were left that way, and we're still not full yet. We're only in stage one now that I'm speaking, and it's June 18th, 2021. I don't know what these people have done to us, but it's been for no good, that's for sure, I can tell you. I would have rather, honestly, did my two days, three days, four, 14 days of sickness with this COVID than to have now gained about 20 pounds because I can't get out, can't get back to routine, cut off from the world, cut off from my job. You wake up sad, you wake up with aches and pains that you never had before in your life, wondering if you've taken enough vitamin C, D, zinc, and whatever else, and what if you've been outside enough, wondering when you get a headache, do I have it finally? Did they get, did it get me? Did the Rona get me? <laughs> Watching the coming months and years, and now they're forcing the, the um, vaccine down our throats. When apparently there's a, another medicine. What is it? Ivermectin, I think it's called. Um, apparently there's another, there's, a, there's a, uh, a medication you can take that basically cures it. And if it doesn't cure it, it, it can keep you from catching it. That the Food and Drug Administration and everybody else refuses to use. That's a whole other story. And not to mention, and I don't want to say that it was a conspiracy, but when my doctor retired, and how old was my son? I think he was four. My doctor retired about five years ago, I believe. It's either five years ago. I think it was five years ago around. He didn't pass us on to another practitioner. He just left everybody up to their own devices to find another doctor. Now, people who are complacent, people who are lackadaisical, people who put things off, people who have good health, don't generally run and go find a new doctor. If that doctor had passed us off to another practitioner and we had been able to, to develop another relationship with another doctor the chances are and I guess it would have to be a perfect storm because also COVID would have not have had to have happened at that point I think that it would have been like you know like a lot of doctors do like are you going to come in for a checkup kind of thing back in the good old days when there wasn't a shortage of doctors then chances are my sister would have just ended up with breast cancer and she would have been treated and she would have been fine. But now, she's in a world of hate. She had to go through the radiation for the brain. I took it to all those. And understand they let me in the hospital at Sunnybrook because of the trauma that my family has experienced in the hospital. You know, 
when my brother passed away, I talked about in 2007, he dropped dead in Grace Hospital in Scarborough on April 15th. They turned him away first in the emergency. And dumb me, I've talked about this before, dumb me didn't even think to say, hey, can we see the videotape? Can it be scrutinized by at least a lawyer to make sure what happened in that hospital that day was right? Because all we heard was the coroner said it was a natural death and he died before he hit the ground. But he was turned away that day. We got all, all I got home from my brother the next day after hearing about it was his soaked, urine-soaked clothes and ripped up belongings and broken cell phone from two bags that he was carrying that were effectively destroyed, basically. And we got all the, the junk back, but it was destroyed by police. Now... If somebody falls down, why do they cut your stuff up? Like drops dead in the hospital, why do they cut yourself up, your stuff up? Why do they break everything you have? Something doesn't feel right about that situation. But we were so distraught, so confused, and obviously ignorant, that we never checked into things properly. And apparently... They were looking for someone for that death because they said that had he been in any squabbles, and me and my brother had a squabble and argument, a little pushing, um, about a week or two before this situation happened. They almost wanted to pin it on me like I, I hurt him. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how things happen in society. You may think you're innocent, and you maybe end up guilty. I just finished watching a thing where this guy's been in prison for 43 years. They had a witness recant. They had the other two suspects say that that guy was innocent. They had the prosecution of that state say that he was innocent and he didn't do it. And yet, guess what? To this day, they're still holding him. Now, who knows what could have happened to me? Twice. But only by the grace of God. There go I. But for the grace of God, there go I. I'm not going to go into all the stuff that I had to talk about, but I just have two more things to talk about. And you can think what you want because you're probably right. I'm probably just delusional. But what happened last week now not sure when you're listening to this, but let me get a drink, hold on. Last week, a 20-year-old, for whatever reason, ran into a family of four in his car. I'm not sure what city it was in, but it was in the GTA here. Now, he ran over the family I think one lived and that was only the child who was like nine years old mother, father mother, father, daughter and I think grandmother I think 
all passed away. And apparently they're saying that this was um, charged by his hate for Islam and Islamic people. And the big, huge uproar now. Now, I'm not seeing it from certain people from society, and I don't know if you've noticed. There is a certain other religion that is close to Islam. And I'm not seeing a lot of those people up in arms about this situation, but for the greater society, the greater public in the GTA, everybody is upset, everybody is angry, and they're talking about all this stuff, and Islamophobia must be stopped, and all this stuff. Now, the only thing that I have an issue with, okay, first of all, Okay, there's been a few situations, maybe I would say, that I've seen personally with my own eyes and my own ears, and I guess I try to close my eyes and my ears sometimes to some of the stuff that everybody else is consuming as far as uh, mainstream media is concerned. There's been a few incidents, I would say four or five, that I remember that, that was really broadcast across the news um, reels in, in Ontario here. But for them to be so up in arms about this nut, and I would love to hear from his mouth. I mean, did he scream out, screw all people from whatever, whatever, or who believe in whatever, whatever, before he ran them over? And why is Islamophobia the word? Can we just say Islam hate or Muslim hate, not Muslim hate? Can we say Muslim hate? Why is it Islamophobia? I mean, we know where most of we know where most of that came from. And maybe some of you don't. But I remember back in 2001 when those guys crashed into supposedly crashed into the Empire State Buildings or the um, World Trade Center right the, the towers and knocked them down and even that's been a big conspiracy since, but the amount of bombardment we um, went through from CNN about that, all we heard was about Crown Zero, Ground Zero, and um, people on planes, and all of them were is from, um, they were all um, Muslim, and we're seeing an amazing, big, huge plume of smoke where building number seven has fallen, and all kinds of stuff. I remember the whole, the whole ordeal, and everybody was scared about this word, called jihad and that all infidels must die everybody who wasn't of the Islam faith and now you turn it around exactly 20 years later and now we're fighting against Islamophobia and this is the word when mainstream media are the ones responsible for everybody being scared now phobia is to be scared of something right severely afraid of something where did we get that from you know the only good thing that I could say that's come out this is the last thing I'm going to say the only thing that's come good out of and I'm going back to my sister again the only thing that's come good out of that whole situation is the supposed free parking at the hospitals <laughs> um, but it's funny is free parking at some hospitals. 
But one thing I learned at the early onset of this COVID thing was that this is just food for thought. And you could probably argue this and you'd probably be right. But free parking. Because I've known a lot of people, maybe you haven't because you've known more well-off people, but I know a lot of people who don't go to the hospital when they're feeling something just because they don't want to pay that $26 parking fee or that $20 parking fee because parking is crazy at the hospital as far as financial is concerned. And now they're giving it free. Is it because nobody's in the hospital? No, because the hospitals are pretty full with people going about their daily business. There's a lot of staff in there and there's a lot of people in there still. (sighs) Somehow. There's a lot of patients going through. But I heard early on in COVID, and maybe you could check this out, but for every COVID patient, the hospitals are given a certain amount of money. So do you think that they're encouraging people to come to their hospital? Or is it just that the hospital is so free and open that they can just give it away for free? But I've now experienced it at two different hospitals in the Scarborough area. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anyhow, till next time, thank you for tuning in to my gentle ramblings. I think I probably need to get a bigger um, internet presence or a better social media presence. I'm thinking about it, but I haven't decided yet. I mean, I do have um, some YouTube channels, but for different things. Not for this thing yet. Well, I have some of this on YouTube too, but anyhow. <laughs> Till next time, Sam CM, and I'm signing off from You're Probably Right. Take care.